Now, uh, today we're finishing our series we've started a few weeks ago called The Star of Christmas. And we've looked at some of the stars uh, that are familiar in our culture. We've talked about uh, Jack Frost. We've talked about Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. We talked about... um, uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, Cindy Lou Who, uh, who is from the Grinch, you know, Who Stole Christmas. Last week we talked about Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. You know, everybody do like this, you know what I mean? Everybody remembers the, the iconic face. But today we're going to talk about Cindy Lou Who, um, and I just brought a little picture of her so you could, you remember what she looked like. This is little Cindy Lou Who, fun, loving, wide-eyed, adventurous girl. And, and honestly, uh, you and I probably wouldn't even remember her from the story had it not been for one other character uh, who you, you probably know who it's going to be. It's Grinch, right? If there, if there was no Grinch, we probably wouldn't know who Cindy Lou is. I love the way the song um, describes Grinch. He was a monster. And the song says, your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You have garlic in your soul. I wouldn't touch you with a, you remember, 39 and a half foot pole. I just want you to imagine looking across the Christmas dinner table at, at a guy like that. You know, how, how, what, what would you do? He, he was mean. He hated Christmas. You probably know the story. You wanted to steal all the presents. And he thought if he could take all the presents and decorations, that would ruin Christmas. However, there is this incredible moment um, when all the presents and decorations were gone, when the people of Whoville um, celebrated anyway. Because for them, Christmas wasn't about the decorations and it wasn't about um, the presents. It was about being with each other. And so they gathered in the town square and they sang. And according to the story, it says that the Grinch's heart grew that day. And he came and returned all the presents. You know, depending on which version you watch, he returned all the presents. And that prompted little Cindy Lou Who to go to his house and invite him to a Christmas party. And at the Christmas party, something really cool happened. Grinch, before they you know, cut, the, cut the, 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 the ham or whatever they're eating, he wanted to say something. And he looked at Cindy Lou Who's mom and he said, I'm so thankful the kindness of your daughter changed my life. The kindness of your daughter changed my life. And he couldn't believe when he walked in the room how welcome he was. And I thought, you know, every time when I watch that story, I go, hey, wait a minute. That's a Jesus move. Jesus is always inviting people. His his entire existence on earth, if you think about it, was an invitation. Jesus' birth was an invitation. Think about the ways that he could have come to earth. He could have come to earth as a political leader. But imagine where we would be if that happened. We wouldn't know if we, you know, how how that's going to go. If he came as a military leader, a dictator, and just told everybody what to do. He could have come to the earth as a billionaire CEO. But we would wonder, can we really trust him? Does he really have everybody's best interest in mind, or is it all about the bottom line? He could have come as an artist, you know, and he could have created great art. And we would have wondered, is, is a... Does he really care or is it about his art? Is it about his craft? He could have come as the goat of whatever, you know, fill in the blank, the greatest of all time of something. He could have come, what if he would have come as a 15-foot tall man? And he would have grabbed everybody's attention. 
But we'd have wondered, is he going to squash us? We'd have never known. But Jesus and God the Father sent Jesus to the earth as described in Luke chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Today in the town of, of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. He, call, he came as this small, helpless, defenseless little baby that couldn't protect itself and couldn't even feed himself. Nothing's more vulnerable or disarming than a baby. Why did Jesus come as a baby? Because he was trying to say something to us. God is approachable. He's not distant and some far off. It's okay. Nobody, nobody's intimidated to push their face up to the glass in the hospital and look over and see a little baby. Nobody's intimidated to approach a crib because a baby's approachable. Jesus' birth was an invitation, but also Jesus' life was an invitation. Jesus always had this habit of sharing meals with people. Now, in Jesus' culture, that was really important because when you shared a meal with a person, it was a way of welcoming them and accepting them and inviting them to a deeper relationship. And that in and of itself is not what caused the problem. It's who he ate with that caused the problem. He ate with everyone, everyone. And that was a very polarizing thing in his day. He ate with, the Bible says he was the friend of sinners. He ate with tax collectors. And let me tell you why that's a big deal. I would dare say that an IRS agent is probably no one's favorite person in the room or online. If you're online, probably not your favorite person, right? If, 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 if the IRS agent comes to your house or your office to see you, you're probably not, oh, yay, you know, I've been so excited. Maybe I'll get a full audit. Wouldn't that be great? But in Jesus' day, it was a hundred times worse. So let me put it in our, our setting to show you how bad it was. Imagine that our IRS agents that were American citizens actually worked for China or Russia. And imagine for a minute that the taxes that they came to get from you went to fund Russia or China. And imagine that the more taxes they collected from you, the more money they got personally. They actually benefited personally from the money that they were confiscating and funding another nation's agenda with, and they benefited, but they lived here. Now, would you like them? That would, I mean, come on, this is the South, y'all. Makes you want to get your gun, right? Like, we don't play that. Not taking our money and giving it to Russia. You lost your mind? And you're getting rich from it? Wait a minute. That's the exact kind of person Jesus ate with. You know why? Because Jesus' life was an invitation. He hung out with people who were lepers and unclean. He crossed racial barriers. He welcomed prostitutes. He rescued an immoral woman. He aided a religious leader's house. He even met a high-ranking religious official at night by himself once because the religious leader didn't want his reputation to be messed up by meeting him in the daytime, but he had questions, so Jesus met him at night. You know why? Because Jesus' life was an invitation. 
Robert uh, Karras said this, Jesus got himself killed because of the way that he ate. <laughs> now that wasn't his, you, uh, it wasn't the Happy Meal. You realize it wasn't the food. It's because who he ate with. That's what got him in trouble. Jesus' life was an invitation and his death was an invitation. In the final hours of Jesus' life, he's hanging on a cross next to a man hanging on a cross who's being executed for his crimes. And that man reaches out to Jesus and says, when you enter your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus says back to him, in, uh, in, in uh, Luke 23, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Even in the final hours of Jesus' life, he's still inviting and drawing and receiving and accepting and welcoming people to himself. So today I just want to share with you two truths that we can learn about Jesus that will change our life. Number one, Jesus values you because God loves you, not because you can earn his love. The love of God is what caused the Father to send Jesus to earth. Listen to what Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. In other words, God showed his love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, here's the thing. Words are cheap. Anybody can say anything. Look at your newsreel. Look at your social media feed. Anybody can say anything, anytime. But man, actions give it away. And this is what the Bible says that God did. He didn't just tell us he loved us. He acted and he showed it by, and even before we did anything good to deserve it. While we were sinners, the Bible says. See, here's the thing. The Grinch couldn't ruin Christmas, but the people still celebrate it. And that made his heart grow. And so he went down to the little town and gave the presents back. So he did something good. And then they accepted him and invited him. Look, look, look. What Jesus did is a hundred times better than that. Before our hearts grow or we do anything good or we try to do the right thing, before all of that, Jesus has already acted. God already sent his son Jesus. The Bible says while we were still sinners, before we could do anything good, that's why Jesus is the true star of Christmas. Now look, we've all had this feeling at some point in our life. We have this feeling that we know that God has some kind of standard and we feel this pressure to meet it and maybe you've had these thoughts in your life. You know what, I, I've been thinking about this lately and I, I want, want, it's pretty soon I'm, I'm going to get my act together and you know, I'm going I'm to go back to church or I'm going to go to church or you know, I'm, I just got to get a little more organized. I got to get over this next hurdle. I mean, I mean next year I really, you know, I'm going to have a New Year's resolution that this is the year that I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to reach out to God or, you know, life's busy right now, but it's about to slow down. Or I've just got this, I got this one habit or this one area, this couple things. When I get these cleaned up, then I'm going to, man, I, I, I'm going to go to church or find God or be a Christian or whatever the thing is to you. Here's the thing. You and I don't have the ability to clean our life up enough. And we don't have the ability. You can change your life some, and I can change my life some, but we can't change our life enough. 
Change doesn't happen that way. Change happens when you receive the gift that God the Father gave to you and I called Jesus. When we receive the gift that God gave us in Jesus, our life changes. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that. Look at this verse. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. In other words, God's doing this work for you. All you have to do is believe that he's doing it. And this is not from yourselves. It is the it's the gift. It's a gift. It's the gift of God, not by works. So there's not enough cleaning you and I can do. We can't change ourselves enough. We can't do enough good. God invites you to accept the gift because there's no way you and I can earn it. And here's the second truth. Jesus sees the potential in you regardless of your past. I love this. Uh, several years ago, we were having a a medical fair here on our campus and the foyer and the hallways were all filled with medical equipment and uh, a couple of, uh, about three nurses or uh, technicians, or so, I don't know what they did, but they were here in medical gear and scrubs and they had set all their stuff up and it was a little early before the thing was going to start. And I noticed that they slipped into the sanctuary and they sat right, right, right back there on the back row. They just came into the very back row and sat there. And I just happened to walk by. I didn't even know who they were. I happened to walk by and I heard them talking. And one of them said, it's been so long since I've been in the church. And then one of them said, yeah, me too. I'm surprised the roof hadn't fallen in. <laughs> and I, and I, as I walked by, I just listened for a minute. And I listened to them wrestle with these feelings that came up inside their heart that maybe they hadn't felt in a while. What were they wrestling with? They were wrestling with God's acceptance. After all that I've done, after all this time, been out kind of doing my own thing, life got busy, life got crazy, would God still accept me? Would he still have me? That's what that, that's what that conversation is about, but I've got good news for you. Jesus sees the potential in you. Regardless of how busy or bad or whatever else your past has been. We see proof of this in the New Testament when Jesus was calling his disciples. He called a man to be his disciple who really wasn't that good of a guy. He was a fisherman. You know him as Simon Peter. But I want to read for you about the day Jesus changed his name. In John 1.42, Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. That, that's what your name was. But you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Now that word, uh, Apostle Peter, it means rock. It means stable. It means dependable. It means like a foundation. And what's crazy about that is anybody who knew that man up until that moment could have told you that he was the furthest thing from that. He was impulsive. And he, you couldn't rely on him, and you couldn't depend on him. And, and people would have said, you're crazy. Have you ever met him? But Jesus didn't see his past. He saw his potential. And let me tell you what happened to him. He became one of Jesus' greatest followers. He wrote two, at least two books of the New Testament. And he planted churches. And he shared the gospel. And he became a great father in the faith. Because Jesus saw his potential. You know what? I'm so grateful. I, I, that resonates with me so deeply. I, I grew up in a mostly um, non-Christian home. I mean, my, my mother was a Christian, but 
the culture and atmosphere of our home was very non-Christian. And um, I remember when I was in school and I felt like I came to faith in Jesus and then I felt like God called me to ministry, which is just shortly after that. I remember how weird it was for me because I don't like come from a long line of pastors or leaders or my great grandfather was a pastor, but I didn't know him very well. And I, w I was the first male in my family to graduate high school. So I thought, I guess if you're going to be a pastor, you, you're supposed to be educated, I guess. <laughs> but that's not where my family history was. I didn't have anybody to look to. I didn't have anybody that was really encouraging me in that line. Like, yeah, you can do this. I'd never spoken in public in my life. Do you know people fear speaking in public more than death? Did you know that? I'd never spoken out loud in public, hardly even in a group in my life. And I thought, you want me to do what? And I didn't have pastors or I'd never led anything. I'd never led anything. I was the youngest in my family. The, about 25 kids in my neighborhood, I was the youngest kid in the whole neighborhood. Until about eight years later, a, a surprise came along down the street. I, I didn't have the background. I, did, I wasn't a leader, a pastor, a teacher, a I didn't understand any of that. Can I tell you how grateful I am that God sees the potential in a person and not their past? And then, and then I look today, I've got my two sons sitting right here. One is a software developer and the other one is training to be a pastor. And I can't tell you how different that is than the life I was raised in. And they're both following Jesus. And I can't tell you how different that is, but God looked in my life and he saw the potential. He didn't see the past. Can I tell you something? Look at me and listen to me today. God doesn't hold your past against you. You have potential. You have potential in Jesus. And he sees it and he knows it. Maybe that's what little Cindy Lou Who saw in Grinch. I don't know. Past all the green fur. Maybe that's what she saw. In that moment, she reminds us of Jesus. But here's the reason that Jesus is better. Because she invited one person, one person into their family and home. But Jesus invites Everybody. 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 Listen to John 3.16. You've probably heard it, but it's best you can hear it for the first time. Hear it new. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, just whoever, just any, the bar is so low. There's actually not a bar. He took the bar out. There's no bottom. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal, eternal life. Everyone from every race and every nation and every background, and no one's too different and no one's too sinful and no one's too good and no one's too disabled and no one's too limited. No one. Everyone. Everyone, he's invited everyone. I want to ask you a question this morning. I, I want to, I'm serious and I'm curious. And look, 
as sincerely as I can ask you, I want to ask you this question. How do you respond to Jesus' invitation? Like what's your, is it like, you know, that's good for some people. Or, or maybe it's, you know, I, when I was a kid, I did that church thing, but I don't need that now. Like, what's your, what's your honest response? What's your, really your honest response? It's a, it's a good story, and I'm glad it helps some people. Is it, maybe you've had some church hurt, and you say, you know, man, I tried that, and it did not go good. And if I'm honest, I've just kind of avoided that. Or maybe life's been busy, and you say, you know, I, I've just, I've just kind of put it on the back burner because, man, life's been crazy, and I just hadn't thought much about it lately. Or, or maybe it's like, you know, church is just a bunch of religion and rituals and rules, and maybe you've just dismissed it. And maybe there's a time in your life you kind of believed, but life got busy and you set them aside. But, but look, but look, but today something is drawing you. Something is drawing you. And I want to tell you what it is. It's the love of God through the Holy Spirit. And it's very, very real. And it's drawing you kind of like a magnet to come close. And what I want to do this morning is I want to say to you as simply as I can, as simply as I can say it, God the Father loves you and loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus as a baby who grew up and died for you. That's it. That's it. That's the story. Would you stand with me this morning? And I'm going to ask you, everyone in the room, to close your eyes and just find a place that you can be still for a moment. This is a really important moment. Just close your eyes. And here's what I want to say to you today. If you feel that drawing and you say, you know what? <laughs> yes, there's something, there's something missing in my life. There's something empty. I, 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 I want God's presence in my life. I want to know that he's real. I, I, I want to know. And, and, and today, I'm, today maybe you say by faith, I turn away from my sin and I turn toward Jesus and I, and I receive him and I want to receive him and I want to follow him and I want him in my life. I, I don't know how to fill the empty place. I don't know how to reconcile it all, but something inside is drawing me and I want to, I want to fill that void today and I, and I turn to him. I turn to God today with every eye closed in the room. If that's you, all you have to do, one thing, I just want you, if you say today, my prayer is I turn away from my sin and I turn toward Jesus and I, I want him in my life. If that's your prayer, I just want you to just lift your hand up. Just lift your hand up. You don't have to do anything else. Just lift your hand up. 
Just lift it up. Just lift it up. Yes. Just lift it up. Just lift it up. Yes, I'm, this is my sign. I'm turning to Jesus and I'm turning away from my old life. Yes, yes. Yeah, I see your hand in the balcony. Yes. Just lift it up. Just lift it up this morning. Yes. Yes, I see it. Thank you. Yes, just lift it up. That's me. I, the, I, this is it. I'm here. I'm right here. If you're online, just type the word yes. <laughs> just type the word yes in the comment section. Just lift it up and say yes. I'm turning to him. Just a couple more seconds and we're going to move on. Just a couple more seconds. Just lift your hand up. Yes, I'm turning to him. Yes, I'm turning to him. Yeah, several, several hands went up in the room. Here's what I want us all to do today. At our Christmas service, I want us all to pray this prayer. Would you just pray it with me? Everybody out loud. And if you lifted your hand, I want you to reach for this prayer by faith. And when you do, something incredible is going to happen in your heart. Are you ready? Pray it with me. Dear Jesus, I turn away from my sin. Forgive me for my sin. Save me today. Fill me with the Spirit. And help me follow you. I am not my own. I give my life to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, would you celebrate new life this morning? Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for new life today. God, we thank you for new life today. We thank you for new life today.